Jim Ford. I'm Dan Kurtzke. And I'm Chad Volkelman. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 119. 119. That's a one, a one. Not another one. I know that's where you thought this was going because of patterns, but it's followed by a nine to make it 119. What do we got up to for, uh, for tonight, Dan? Yes, what do we have, Chad? <laughs> the best of 2011. Boy, Ooh. how do we do? God, it feels like just yesterday and the many weeks before that we were talking about doing this, and now we're doing it. It feels like just June. <laughs> <laughs> because, damn it, when you guys ask for something, we give it to you. Eventually. <laughs> yeah, six months later. At the earliest. <laughs> yeah, actually, I think six months is probably uh, a good showing for us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's uh, let's jump right into it um, for the uh, the first first category of the night, best story arc. Yeah, what'd you have for this, Jim? Uh, I went with the, the the first story arc for New Guardians. Yeah. Yeah. It's not over yet. <laughs> I thought. Uh, well, what, what's out so far then? Okay. <laughs> like, what is it? The, the first four issues then. Yeah, yeah right. that could that could end up sucking. <laughs> well, what is the first trade gonna contain? Uh, well, the first Green Lantern trade is the first seven issues, so I don't know. I thought that the Green Lantern or the New Guardians was going to be like the first four issues. I thought that was. Mm-mm. No. No, there's no way. There's no way. No, I mean that that trade is not even coming out until like the second half of this year. Okay. Well, whatever. You like that. You can pick whatever you want. I still like it the best. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What'd you have, Dan? Uh, I... It's not a story arc, per se, but... Uh, okay. It's basically almost... All, it's basically all of the fill-in stuff between the end of War of the Green Lanterns and the beginning of the relaunch, you know. Emerald Warriors 11 through 13, Aftermath 1 and 2, Green Lantern Corps 61 and 62. It's really like that... Uh, I felt like we so were the- getting... Okay. So the wrap-up slash setup. Yeah, because I, I felt like we were getting just some nice, small, fun Green Lantern stories. Okay. Okay. Chad? Uh, my choice was Green Lantern New Guardians 1 through 4. Ooh. Really? I think, uh, yeah, I think I think that's the, the best stuff. I mean, uh, I think uh, Green Lantern at best started off with a whimper. I think Red Lanterns is... It's obvious where we think that that went, uh, and I think um, I think uh, while that the uh, War of the Green Lanterns was good, uh, I think for the most part it was uh, at least on our end pretty predictable <clears throat> for the most part. So I, I believe that New Guardians um, was the was out of left field and it was entertaining. So I think that merited a best story arc nomination for me. So, yes. Well, in stark disagreement with you is Corwin, who on the forum nominated Green Lantern number one through four. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you well, two, the, only appro- the only appropriate thing to do is for you two to just sit down over a pot roast of some sort and just have this out. <laughs> uh, uh, we got a vote from James also um, his vote was for the Green Lantern Corps the the first couple of issues of from the New 52 
Mm. Okay. Um, which, you know, he says uh, the War of the Lanterns <laughs> took up too much real estate during the year, uh, and uh, the Green Lantern Corps has been what's exciting him. Um, I have to agree with him. I, I think, uh, like, that was definitely my second choice. Yeah, and I gotta say, like, like we we obviously, when we came up with the idea of doing this, we didn't know, like, it, it was before War of the Green Lantern, so we didn't know. And in retrospect, this was a pretty shitty year to start this with. <laughs> because, like, the bulk of it was this one storyline. Yeah, that was like three months worth of stories. Uh, no, more. Was it more? Probably, yeah, probably four. Because it was like, what was it, 13 issues long? I don't even know. It was a lot. There was a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. From <laughs> Mr. Mark Marble, his nomination for Best Story Arc of 2011 was War of the Green Lanterns. Really? Wow. Uh-huh. Did he read any other stories? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he said something about his choices being limited for some reason, but uh, I... I'm currently on that. He actually sent us a document, so I don't want to go back, so I don't have to keep reopening it. Um, then from Scott Davis, I believe, um, he says his picks are limited to the first four issues of the relaunch. So, But uh, his best story arc nomination is Green Lantern Corps 1 through 4. Yeah. I mean, I, I will admit, like, Green Lantern Corps... It's it's solid. It ha- it wasn't my favorite thing, but it wasn't terrible either. So like I I can definitely understand why people would nominate it. And from uh, fellow Austinite or Texan rather, <laughs> uh, Lance, uh, his nomination story arc is War of the Green Lanterns. Oh man! Huh. So, so that's. It- that's- Two for New Guardians, two for Green Lantern Corps, two for War of the Green Lanterns, one for Green Lantern, and one for the miscellaneous stuff between War of the Green Lanterns and the new reboot. Hang on, I need this. (laughs) I'm getting a pen. Hang on. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so two for Green Lantern, two for the first four issues of Green Lantern. No. No, no, no. Two Two for War of the Green Lanterns. Two for uh, the first story arc of uh, Green Lantern Corps, and two for the first story arc of uh, New Guardians. Okay, so, <laughs> wow. Now, to to create the tiebreaker, since you voted for something else, Dan, out of the, the three that have two votes, which would you say was the best? Oh, God, I'm in the, am I the decider on this? Oh, Jesus. Yes. Hey. It very likely might happen that each of us will become the decider at some point. So That's true. Well, I can't in good conscience pick War of the Green Lanterns. Because that, that story began and ended really well, but the middle was all sorts of disappointing to me. So I can't in good conscience go with that. Uh, Green Lantern Corps, it's gotten better, but it's for me it was it had to climb its way out of a hole. And you know, even even though that first issue was solid, it wasn't up to that creative team's Emerald Warriors work. So uh, I almost don't want to pick New Guardians because it's not a full story yet. But then neither was my pick, so I'm gonna go with the book that I've been enjoying the most consistently, and that would be New Guardians. Nice, awesome. <laughs> 
So for we, we've actually got a choice now. <laughs> so the the best story arc of 2011 goes to New Guardians. Yes. Yeah. The partial. It'll be. Wouldn't it be hilarious if this story ended and ended up being crap? <laughs> you know what? And I said this online. It's in in some. I think on our forums. Mm. The thing I like about New Guardians is that. I have grown to really enjoy Kirkham's art. I mean, I think we can all agree that from time to time, there are certain things he can mess up on or whatever, just like any artist would, I I gather. And I think it's, I think it's also worth noting that it's a better issue when he's the only artist, at least from what we've seen. Um, uh, But it's, it's, uh, what I like about it is it's like that trippy eighties pseudoscience, storytelling in in a property that I'm very familiar with and enjoy, but it's not really, at least at this moment, necessarily connected to the larger Green Lantern universe. So it's just off on its own enough to where it doesn't really affect anything. And it's just kind of like a, it's like a fun story. Yes. And I mean, pe- people don't like the fact that there's like this giant solar system sized craft. And I think I'm thinking to myself, that's just the kind of over-the-top crazy stuff like that, like Jack Kirby or somebody would come up with, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, love I, it. I completely agree. If you'd uh, like the audition for Chaz replacement, that's LanternCast at gmail dot com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it it actually it, I don't think it matters so much how the story ends. It's just that it's a fun ride getting there, and that that's why it, you know it gets the best story arc. Yeah, yeah. All right, so, so next. Best single issue. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> uh, I picked Green Lantern Corps 61. This was the uh, <clears throat> the issue teaming Jon Stewart with uh, that new recruit, Corina, who uh, you know gave us her origin. It showed Jon Stewart as like a, a capable, competent, intelligent person who's also a veteran of the Corps, solving a big, great big intergalactic war basically a civil war between planets by using his head by thinking his way out of it and it had like the -the over-the-top sci-fi angle of two worlds literally crashing into each other it had like the the almost episodic superhero figures out how to get the cat out of the tree kind of plot but it did it in a way that that was entertaining it was fun it was refreshing and it had some satisfying character beats in it too so Green Lantern Corps 61. Okay. Chad? Uh, my choice uh, for best single issue goes to Green Lantern Emerald Warriors number 12. Uh, this was the issue um, where Guy uh, grabs a bunch of recruits from Oa and goes off to face this <laughs> giant space invisible spider. <clears throat> Um, and, you know, uh, there was a cool, uh, debut of a character that we all love. I can't remember his name, but he just, l- the design looked cool. And, oh, that um, awesome yak guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, a few Green Lanterns died, so there was some drama in there and everything. I, the reason I picked it is because, um, well, for one, Emerald Warriors was just a, a good, a good book, and I'll... I'll elaborate that on that later when we get to different choices. Uh, 
but uh, I think I think it was a great story, uh, a single issue story, and and it reminded me of a lot of the um, Green Lantern Corps recharge. Um, there was the storyline with the um, oh, what was the name of those guys? The Spider Guild. Yes. Uh, and when I saw a giant spider and I saw them inside this dark, creepy place and all this stuff, I, it kind of made me flash back to that uh, kind of concept. So I, it was just a cool Green Lantern Corps story, just this, this team going in and, and kicking ass and trying to rescue whoever was captured and getting some answers. And It was just, it was just a good story. Yeah, it's like a cross between Green Lantern and an alien movie. Right. Okay, um, I, like Dan, also went with Green Lantern Corps number 61. Whoa! Yep. I didn't see that coming. No, it was, uh, well, I mean, you know, I, I think it's pretty obvious that I love the art with that issue, mm-hmm. but, you know, the thing Daniel about Daniel H.D.R.? Yes. Okay. The, the thing about that story was that uh, it was very much like uh, tale, Tales of the Green Lantern Corps. Um. You know, it, it is. It was just a you know good fun story, um, and after you know, I, I can understand why Dan picked what he did for best story arc because after the Green Lantern Corps War, you know, it's like this long drawn out thing where yeah, it started good and ended good, but you know, the middle was just kind of like okay, now what? Next, next, come on, let's get to the next point. It just kind of it dragged on. And so that when they finally get, start giving you, like, you know, single stories, you know, just fun stuff, you appreciate it that much more. So that gets my vote. Yeah. Okay. Um, it looks like Mark Marble's choice for a single issue overall is Green Lantern number 67, the end of the War of the Green Lantern story arc. That was a good yeah. one. And Shane or Scott Davis says Green Lantern <laughs> Core number one, and Lance doesn't have a pick. Yeah. Corwin likes Green Lantern number four, which is the uh, you know the the cover with Sinestro punching the battery that's exploding. I think it's the I think it's the issue before the end of that that arc. So it's he likes seeing Hal get <laughs> put in jail. <laughs> Um, James picked uh, issue 62 of Green Lantern, which was just before the war began. Um, and you had like the, the entities and Krona, and you could see Hal doing damage to Krona and stuff like that. Oh, is that the okay. one where he shot that little beam that cut Krona's face right after Krona's? Yeah. Krona's like, like uh, mm-hmm. you, you can't do anything to me, I'm superior to you, and then Hal shoots him, makes him bleed, and is like, you're... You're who to what now? <laughs> yeah. That almost made my best moment or whatever it was. I'm, but, uh, huh, that was good. That yeah, was that, good. Was, that was a good one. I'm, I'm tempted to side with him, but I don't think I'm gonna. Well, right now, I think the only one that has two is Green Lantern Corps number 61. Yeah. Yeah, so, so that wins. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and justify that because your you guys' second uh, first choice was my close second, so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Best villain, Chad? 
Uh, yeah, best villain. I went ahead and picked Krona. Um, just because, you know, at first I didn't like the idea of Krona coming back. I thought uh, Dowley from the uh, from Ganthet's Tale would have made a better, you know, pick for that particular storyline. But once I saw that crazy look in Krona's eyes and you know his just all out crazy plan, you know, it was just. It seemed cool, and, and Sinestro, I don't think really, I don't think re- Sinestro's really much of a villain um, for for this year. I mean, I guess you can still classify him as that. I certainly wouldn't classify him as a hero, at least, but uh, as far as villains go, I think Krona was, was the pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went with the Sinestro core, just in general. <clears throat> Because, I mean, the like the thing about them is like they're they spent all this time just kind of ha- like while the whole War of the Green Lanterns was going on and all this stuff, they've just been hanging out on Korrigar, just being awful and suppressing an entire population, and like they're they're doing exactly what makes them a threat to the universe, but confining it to one planet, and it's just. It's just their daily routine, which in my mind kind of makes them almost worse than a supervillain that has some plot he's hatching, because this is just them being how they are, and it's devastating. It's a good pick. Yeah. Uh, I went with uh, Krona also, though. Mm-hmm. The You know, like, I was trying to think of all the different villains that we've seen this past year, and, and actually... My close second was actually going to be the Guardians. Um, just I thought about them. They, they have been doing some really just evil crap. And, you know, when we got the prequel from <laughs> the, uh, you know, Lantern Corps War, it just, you know, it just kind of emphasized that. So that was, yeah, that was my original pick. But then I'm like, you know, Krona, like, aside from being like just a super powered, amped up villain. There were a lot of times where his villainous ways, like, it was just on the brink of being able to justify it. You know, it's like, it's almost like, well, he did it for the right reasons, but those reasons were still insane. You know, it was it was interesting. His, his journey as a villain, I mean, he's definitely come a long way since uh, the old stories. But, uh, yeah, I, I'd, I'd give it to him this year. Uh, so would Electric Mayhem on the forum. Uh, let's see. Corwin agrees with you guys. Krona should get the title. Uh, over in the email account, Lance says <laughs> Krona. Um, let's see. Mark Marble says Krona. And Scott Davis says uh, the Keepers from Green Lantern Corps. Ooh, all right. Well, Krona has five now. Yes. <laughs> I think he wins. Uh, it, it's funny, though. James actually picks Sinestro. He says, even though he hasn't been much of a villain this year, <laughs> we all know he's bad to the bone, and watching his story arc since the return to the GL has been pretty cool. So, Sinestro does have his fans. Yeah. His villainous fans. Oh, his mustache twirling fans. 
Uh, you know, I one of the, the reasons why I was like just thinking so hard not to pick Krona is just because it's like, is that one just kind of like the obvious choice? Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, it's it's obvious because it's deserved. Yeah. Favorite use of a power ring. Start us off, Jim. Um, you know, I had I had two picks for this, and I'm gonna go with uh, killing Krona. Oh man. Okay. Yeah, kill shot on Krona. You know, my you know one of, one of the things that I love to see is Green Lanterns <laughs> like overcoming the limitations of the ring, and just like you know doing things that nobody else has done before, and like, they've reinforced it enough times without making it seem, like, you know, obvious. Like, you know, we knew that it was kind of going to happen. But, like, they didn't, like, pound you over the head with it. But they always say that the ring, you know, should never be able to harm a uh, a guardian. And you got that, you know, that two-page spread where, you know, Hal just, you know, blows a hole right through Krona. And it's like, <clears throat> yeah, that's that's pretty badass. What about you? Oh, me? Okay. Uh, Glomulus fake out. Come on. You got favorite use of fact. How about making a construct that's this kind of sentient little thing that's going to go ahead and impersonate the ring that made the construct of it so well that somebody starts to wear it and actively use it and doesn't even know. I mean, come on. That The Glomulus reveal was an awesome reveal. It was a, a great like, ingenuity-filled way to use the creativity of the ring, and it gave us Glomulus. It gave us awesome orange Slimer. (laughs) It's, I don't know, I turned the page, and, like, I loved that. I loved that so much. Uh, And my choice for favorite use of a power ring goes to Guy Gardner using both violet and red rings to rip Parallax out of the central power battery. Um, not because I got a sketch of myself in that, but I, but, and and it's not, it's not because, I mean, if you think about it, that, those few panels weren't very big, it wasn't like a splash page or anything, but it was just kind of cool, and, 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 like, if you were to take the bubbles away, because, like, you know, I, I, I don't really agree with the, with the... Text bubbles there, where I, you know, I hate being filled with rage. I love the core, you know that that was kind of really dumb. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but just the visual of him just ripping open a battery was really cool. Yes, Corwin agrees with you. <laughs> <laughs> I think if if it w- if they didn't have like the text bubbles, <clears throat> and I think it, it could have been done like a little bit more epic. Because, um, like you said, like a lot of the panels are just like small panels and stuff like that. I think they kind of missed an opportunity there to make that more powerful. Mm, yeah. I mean, it was it was cool to see, but I definitely wouldn't give that favorite use of a power ring. Okay. Well, I mean, at the same time, Chad, isn't this the moment that made you actually like Guy Gardner? Uh, yeah. I mean, it, you know, obviously, I it, it has nothing to do with my vote, but liking Guy Gardner. You know, it, it it kind of made me understand the character a little better that they would give him both love and rage. You know, obvious. 
it, obviously, um, kind of just tossing the extra rings to to Hal, like the orange and yellow, that didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. But when when Guy got both love and rage, and it was the far ends of the spectrum, <clears throat> and the fact that he was willing, not willing, but able to use both simultaneously spoke a lot about his character to me previously before before that moment i had been really intrigued with with what was his character development in new guardian or not new guardians uh emerald warriors and i was really enjoying that so you know this kind of just pushed me over the edge as far as okay guys kind of a cool character And uh, other votes. Uh, we got uh, Mark Marble says, uh, agrees with Jim. How killing Krona. Uh, and let's see. Uh, Lance says, in the, the, his favorite use of the power ring is in Justice League when Hal Jordan is competing with Superman and he uses that train. Uh, and let's oh, yeah. see. Yeah. Scott, Scott Davis says... <laughs> Green Lantern Corps number one, John Stewart drops three architects from the top of a building in a powering construct of an elevator and a GL can't fight City Hall. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Yeah, actually, the uh, the Green Lantern constructs in uh, Justice League, the, the first issue with Batman, where he, like, built, like, the jet, was, was actually a very cool use of the power ring as well. Uh, and, James, and speaking... Go ahead, sorry. Uh, James uh, says uh, he agrees with me also. Hal's superpowered killing of Krona. That one act that made the Guardians basically shit their pants at what the <laughs> core could do to them. Yeah. And speaking of the constructs from Justice League, I think it, you know, just a side note, I think it's really cool that they keep doing that small little line coming from the ring to each construct, showing you the power that's going into it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I expected the Krona kill to win. I I honestly expected it to win by a larger margin. <laughs> well, oh well. Yeah. It won How many by... did it win? I uh, has three. Okay, so yeah. two to three. Yep. All right. Okay. Uh, what's next? Most surprising reveal or twist? Yep. Uh, for me. It was just it was the the revelation the fact that the ring has functions we've never known about before, like that moment where Sinestro just starts telling Hal stuff, and he's like he's he's like he's like Jesus, your training really did stop when I left, didn't it? And it, like it added this level of mystery and like to the book that I really don't think we've had since since uh the like the early days of Blackest Night. So that was that for me. What about you guys? I, I definitely went with uh, the orange ring, you know, turning out to be Glomulus. Oh. Yeah. See, you, you picked that as favorite use of a power ring, which, I mean, it was definitely a good use, but, like, I didn't see that coming at all. So that, that was definitely the biggest twist for me. Uh, my most surprising revealer twist is Larfleeze and New Guardians. I mean, we knew he was going to show up at some point. I mean, he had to, or some Orange Lantern variant had to. But the reveal that he was behind it all 
in some way, and he has some kind of grand plan. And then when he finally started talking, I think that's the most uh, <laughs> coherent that we've seen Larflees be since the Agent Orange storyline. <laughs> so I just uh, just his overall appearance in, in New Guardians was a surprise to me. Hmm. Uh, Corwin's says Sinestro becoming a Green Lantern again. Uh, Mark Marble says the first lantern. Um, I guess that just means the, the reveal of a first lantern, that there was one or something. Right. Unless something's been revealed I haven't read yet. Um, yeah. Most surprising reveal a twist for Scott Davis. Uh, finding out the villains in Green Lantern Corps 1 through 4 are the keepers of the power batteries. That was a good one. <laughs> And Lance says, let's see here, uh, Mogo's death. Fuck that shit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, and James, James picked uh, <laughs> the discovery that the Green Lantern movie really wasn't very good. Oh. <laughs> so we have completely different uh, picks here. God. Technically no. If you wanna if you wanna do it and say that my Larfleas vote counts as your glomulus vote, I mean Is that what you want to basically switch yours over to mine on a larger scale? Uh I mean yeah, or unless you wanna go with me on that I mean just you know, the orange lantern thing. You could be saying the same thing, just two different perspectives, I guess. Yeah, that, that that's that's my point. It's essentially <laughs> okay. this this essentially the same thing, if you think about it. Yeah, plus Glomulus takes home another trophy. So, <laughs> a trophy that is secretly Glomulus. <laughs> okay, uh, best splash page or multi-page spread. Let's see. Um, I, I'm kind of, you know, side to side on this, but most my my it ended up my pick was Black slash Indigo Lantern John Stewart destroying Mogo. Just the visual of of him just taking aim and shooting a planet and exploding and all that. I forgot to write down. <laughs> I oh god, it was ah oh Jesus. It, it was uh, back when in Emerald Warriors, uh, the issue after they got ambushed by that wave of mind-controlled Green Lanterns. The issue opens with... Oh, uh, <clears throat> they went into the water. No. <laughs> no, not when they went into the water and they come up and there's like that sprawling city? No, no, not that. No. <laughs> this is like immediately after, because like it ended on the cliffhanger of their being attacked and then the next issue opened with them like in, like Kilowog, Aresia, and Guy each imprisoned in, like, these lantern symbol-shaped um, uh, cells that were just kind of, like, spiraling in space. And there was this one two-page spread where it was just, like, really, like, this dramatically lit, like, beautiful space scene with, like, planets and stars behind them. Okay. Yeah. I forgot to write down the issue number for that. Well, we all know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, sure. Sort of. Without water, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, you know, I was thinking back on this, and at first I'm thinking, it's like, oh man, I'm going to have to go through like every issue that's come out in the past year. And I'm like, wait a second. It's like, no. I'm like, if I'm going to rate the best splash page or multi-page spread, it's basically got to be something that's stuck with me since the time that I read it. Um, so that that's how I was, you know, judging this one. Uh, and there's not a lot of, you know, pages like that. Um, you know, the backup was definitely Hal killing Krona, because that, you know, that definitely stuck with me impact-wise, but art-wise, it was, eh. So, like, my my other backup was uh, the final issue of Green Lantern Corps, the last page with all the Green Lanterns, like, flying towards you. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, I ended up giving it to Green Lantern Corps, number 61, page 2 and 3, where you have all the, the new rookies giving the Green Lantern rings back. Because mm. you had just, like, tons of characters. Uh, Daniel HDR did the art on that. The you know, the art was beautiful. You had Easter eggs, which I love. Um, and it was a pretty powerful, you know, image also, just like these, these sad, you know, recruits that were kind of forced <laughs> to bring on. And then they, you know, ended up like taking out a bunch of the people that they love, you know, on their home planet as their mind was taken over. Um, uh, I love that. I love that two-page thread. Hmm. No one else on the forum has one. <laughs> uh, James went with uh, Hal Killing Grona in Green Lantern 67. Okay. Uh, Mark Marble went with New Guardians number two, the page with Kyle as a super lantern. Huh. Uh, Lance went with the Guardians as hosts for the Entities that page. Ooh. Oh yeah, and from War of the Green Lan- the Doug Monkey image. Yeah. And let's see. This, okay, uh, Scott uh, Scott Davis went with Red Lanterns uh, number one, the splash page title and credits with Dexter. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Oh, oh man. Absolutely oh, not. <laughs> What's the highlight of that book, though? Oh. Uh, okay. I'm, do we have any doubles? No. <laughs> All right. I am going to change my vote to <clears throat> the, uh, the uh, Guardians as Entities hosts. That final page, Doug Monkey drawn, where it was just... It was so sci-fi and weird and creepy looking. I mean, I love the one that I picked, but the one I picked, I love more in terms of just being a, like a beautiful piece of art. Whereas this, like, this carried like a lot more weight and depth with it. So, mm. Chad, yeah, and, and I'm, huh? You want to change your your vote to anything? <laughs> yeah, I'll, um, oh, you know, I'll, I'll. I'll that because I wasn't really when I was looking at that War of the Green Lantern storyline for other reasons that I'll we'll get to later um, for other choices but uh, you know the the topic is best splash page or multi page spread and I think part of it is is the page turn part of it is yeah, there's a lot of aspects in it and I th- yeah I think I think that uh, I think that trumps it. Mm-hmm. I'm a part, part of the reason I'm going to change my vote to it is I really enjoy color. And there's a whole lot of color on that page. So, 
yeah, that was that was definitely a, a great you know great piece of art. So um, yeah, what uh, what issue was that again? Did he say? Uh, you know, he doesn't say. He just pointed it out. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. For Guardians as entities, that's uh, yeah. a worthy worthy winner. <clears throat> All right. Uh, let's see. Is uh, biggest disappointment is the next one? Is it? Is it? Uh, no, best cover. Best cover. Oh, best cover. Oh, okay, I scrolled down by accident. Okay. Uh, best right, cover best... for. I'm best cover. Best cover for me is Green Lantern number 63 uh, in the regular version, I believe. Um, this is War of the Green Lanterns. This is the cover with Krona. Oh, no, it might. I can't remember if it's a prelude. I think it might be the prelude to War of the Green Lanterns. But anyways, Krona's in the center, like, you know, spreading his arms wide and, like, thrusting them forward. And the entities are all around him coming out at the reader. Uh, ah, just, yes. Just the power that that conveys, you know, plus I just said I love a lot of color in it. Um, uh, you know, the fact that Krona himself as a guardian, all the power that he has, then you think about the history Krona has had, so then he adds more power to it. Then you think about the history of Parallax, there's power in that, and then you add to that all the entities and all the potential power they have, and then maybe all the power that they have together. And what all of that means, just that one pay that that cover is just it, it it implies a lot. There's a lot of power in that cover, and uh, that's it. That's why it ended up being my uh, my best cover, hands down. Certainly didn't hurt these standing on a pile of rings. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dan, Emerald Warriors number eleven. This is the cover where it's a. Uh, it's a shadowy guy gardener. He's kind of looking down. His face is is obscured by darkness. In one hand, he's holding his bright glowing Green Lantern power battery. In his other hand, he's holding his Red Lantern jacket. And like the background is like this kind of fiery, bloody, kind of cosmic wash. And it's it's. It's one of those images, like, I know, like, Jim and I, we talked about this, disagreed with this <laughs> off the air before, but, like, it's an image I've seen, I've seen it side to side with the cover copy and without, you know, you know the, the title, the creators, the DC logo, the numbering, the price tag, the UPC, and, I mean, it's, it's a really great piece of artwork. It's also a really well thought out cover. Because really nothing gets obscured. Like a lot of, like so many times we'll get these awesome covers that would have been great if there wasn't so much crap on top of them. Like that first War of the Green Lanterns image where it's just like a billion Green Lanterns and you can barely see them past each other, let alone (laughs) all like the cover crap. Yeah. Um, Yeah, holding the line at (laughs) $2.99. Yeah. Behind that line is the entire Green Lantern Corps. <laughs> uh, but no, like I think you could see everything you need to see clearly, and it looked awesome while showing it to you. Oh, even the artist's signature looks like one of like the glowing, floaty orb things in the ether. So like, I love, I love this image. Like, this is one of those covers. Like, I would love to have as a poster, and I would even take it if it had all the cover copy on it. You know, as I was, I was looking at that cover a little bit more after we talked about it, and 
I mean, I do agree. It is a it is a great cover. Um, uh, one of the things that I that I also liked about it was the fact that when it, the way that his face is in shadow like that kind of reminded me of like some of the previous like that old um, that old issue of like Green Lantern where you have uh, Guy Gardner on the cover, but he's like completely obscured, so you can't see him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought that was pretty <laughs> cool. Um, but my vote actually goes to, uh, coincidentally enough, as Chad picked Green Lantern number 63, I ended up going with the variant cover for Green Lantern 63. Uh, hmm. Sending that now. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh... That is the picture of Krona in his younger days wearing the the Green Lantern gauntlet with the, the backpack. Yes. Uh, the whole thing is just bathed in green light. You know, as much as Chad likes color, like, I think the fact that this is more on a, like, just some different shades of green kind of thing, you know, a little, a little bit of blue, too, but it just, it, it works so well. It's a really beautiful image. I love that. I thought about that, but I couldn't get behind it just because it's so, it's, it's so heavy in the Photoshop effects for like the swirly energy stuff. Like, uh, I like it. Yeah. Uh, Corwin says, he also says green lantern 63. I don't know which cover he's talking about though. He's probably talking about the regular one. Yeah. The entity one. I'm not trying to sway the vote in my direction, but <laughs> oh, realistically, no, course, realistically course. he's probably talking about the, <laughs> the, the regular one. Um, Mark Marble says uh, Green Lantern number 65, uh, the one with Hal Jordan and the Sinestro Corps. Yes. Um, Scott Davis as Green Lantern number four, the variant cover by Francis Manipal with <laughs> Hal and Sinestro making a fist and yelling. And Lance says Green Lantern New Guardians number one. Ooh. Interesting. <laughs> if I remember right, that's the one where they're all piled up on each other and, and uh, Kyle's reaching for the rings. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and James okay. went with uh, Green Lantern 64. He says, the cover promised so much and looked so awesome, and then we got the event itself. That's with uh, Hal surrounded by tons of the Green Lantern Corps. Oh, okay, the first uh-huh. issue of War of the Green Lanterns. Um, yeah. my, uh, my two backup picks were um, the Green Lantern uh, number three from the new series, the Ethan Van Skyver variant. Yes. We have Green Lantern Sinestro in front of the Sinestro Corps. Is that is that because it's good or because it's so much better than the regular version? Oh, it's a great cover. Like I actually that's one of the few variant covers that I did pick up this year. Okay. Um I, I thought it's it's a great cover, but the other one that I picked was Green Lantern number 65 uh with Hal in the Sinestro uniform. Those those kind of covers are you know those are a lot of fun I like those. Yeah, okay. I was thinking about Green Lantern Corps sixty two with a uh, the the Francis Manipal variant of a uh, of a uh, Kyle 
Ceranic and Tomar, but I realize like that's that's not even just on the strength of that image. I just want that guy to draw a Green Lantern book. <laughs> so is it sixty three then? Yeah, yep. I think well, one way or another, sixty three wins. <laughs> I want to see that sixty three variant. Oh, that one. Which one? What? No, the sixty two variant that you picked. Oh. That your backup. Francis Manipal. Oh, that thing yeah, you were yeah, just yeah. talking about two seconds ago. Oh yeah, <laughs> I already <laughs> forgot. <laughs> this is why I didn't win with me. Uh, yeah, that that I actually looked at that one. That one is a pretty cool cover too, but not not my top three. Yeah. <clears throat> so Green Lantern number sixty three was the winner. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, good, you're writing it down. Yes. All right. <laughs> um, next. Biggest is... hell yeah moment. Okay. Who wants to start? Chad, you start. Okay. Uh, my biggest hell hell yeah moment was Hal Jordan using his ring to kill Krona. Gonna start that... right, counting those now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That... The, the reason I went with that above other things was not so much for the visual representation so much that it took up two pages, but it just, when I saw it happen, before we saw the Guardian's reaction to it later on and before they revoked his ring, the second I saw it happen, I knew it shouldn't have happened with the ring. I knew what that that page meant, that he had overridden the ring. And that was something we had been looking forward to for a long time. The, you know, there, there was a lot, there was a lot in that moment that suggested so many possibilities that we had been wanting to see for years. So that was like, oh God, yes, finally, finally, this story's going somewhere I want it to go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was definitely a backup for me. What'd you pick, Dan? Mine. Mine reached outside of comics. My biggest hell yeah moment was sitting in the movie theater and watching as the Green Lantern title came up on the big screen. (laughs) That's something I had been... That's something I had always kind of hoped to have happen, but never really entirely thought I would see. And, like, I saw the movie multiple times. And... I had the exact same reaction to that title coming up on screen. The like, like after I knew exactly what I was in store for from the movie, as I did before seeing the movie the first time. Like I was, like if you had been looking at my face as I happened e- during each viewing, I was grinning ear to ear each time, and like regardless of the quality, like I loved that. <laughs> Like, regardless of anything about the movie, you can say whatever else you like about the movie. That, like, few seconds right there, like, that was, that was just, that was great. You know, it was a great thing to happen. Yeah, plus the timing of the music. I mean, I'm not, do not get me wrong, I'm not saying that the Green Lantern movie is anywhere near the (laughs) Superman, Christopher Reeve first movie, but... The timing of the title coming up on screen in conjunction with the epicness of the music... Reminded me a lot of of the first Superman movie. Mm. I uh, I went on a similar line as Dan, but uh, instead of at the beginning, I went with 
the end, and just after the credits, the uh, Sinestro in yellow. That was definitely my biggest hell yeah moment. Hmm. Okay. That one one explains itself. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, Corwin has the completely original choice of Hal Jordan killing uh, killing Sinestro. Remember when that happened? (laughs) Uh, Killing Krona. Um, Lance says Glomulus's reveal. Everybody likes that, and for different reasons. <laughs> um, well, at least at one in some regard, right? Yeah. Um, Mark, is just going to sweep these awards. <laughs> um, Mark uh, Marvel says Sinestro regaining a Green Lantern ring in Green Lantern number 67. And Scott, let's see what he says here. Scott says, uh, Green Lantern number three, Sinestro flying through a Sinestro Corps member, uh, just Arsona is about to be killed. Hmm. Um, and James went with, once again, Hal pimp slapping Krona around the place. God. <laughs> so killing Krona wins. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. The, you know, one of the other ones that I had picked as a backup was uh, just the lanterns getting the different rings. You know, the different colored rings. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, like, I, they ended up not doing, like, anything with it, but... I thought about that for my biggest disappointment, actually. <laughs> well, me too. But, uh... Oh. It's like this is, for me, this is the complete opposite of this category that we're talking about. Uh. Speaking of biggest disappointment, what, what did you actually pick for biggest disappointment, Dan? This is probably gonna surprise people coming from me, but the relaunch as it pertains to the Green Lantern titles, because, like in my opinion, this is just me. The Lantern books started on a whimper. Like, the, like the strongest offering has been New Guardians, but even the, at the beginning, I was kind of like, okay, this is kind of good. I don't really know. I had that 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 unease, that stigma of this creative team carrying over from Green Lantern Corps that I think kind of kept me a little overly cautious with it. But, but just by and large, like the best thing I can say about like that first volley of issues for all four books is that at best they were mediocre. They've been steadily climbing out of that pit ever since. But when I compare that to, to the likes of the the books that were coming out alongside them, um, you know, Batman, justice league, OMAC, yes, OMAC, wonder woman. There's, there are just DC action. Oh uh, yeah, action! Like there's so many absolutely fantastic books coming out of this relaunch from this company, and the books that are not sta- can't seem to hold a candle to them are the books that I want to like the most, and the books with creative teams that have delivered fantastic levels of quality before. Like there's no reason that I should be liking. 
Tomasi uh, and Pissarin on Green Lantern Corps less than I like them on Emerald Warriors. It's just a different name at the top of the cover. But for some reason, I don't. And that bothers the hell out of me. And that, that's... Like, I, I went into the relaunch thinking, like, okay, we're basically going to get business as usual in terms of the high levels of quality that we're used to. And, and ironically, the one book I was not expecting to like at all was New Guardians, and we ended up getting, like, almost the polar opposite of my expectations across the board. So, while it's gotten steadily better as we've gone on, and I I have every faith that it will continue to get that get better and better uh just the relaunch in general as opposed as it applied to green lantern just was not that good okay chat uh my biggest disappointment surprise surprise uh red lanterns the series (laughs) um as much as we were looking forward to seeing what was going to go down with the new 52, I think it's safe to say we were looking forward a longer time for Red Lanterns because I remember two things. I remember when we were talking about it on our show and the creative team had been announced and we were, you know, debating the possibilities of who would, what other core could have they have chosen to make a, a spinoff book and, the consensus view was, you know, Red Lanterns has a lot of potential, and we were reading solicits and creative teams, and we were like, oh, they could go here and here and here. And then after Super Show, uh, during War of the Green Lanterns, I was invited on the CGS to talk uh, about about uh, War of the Green Lanterns, and even they asked me, is that Red Lantern series still in the works? Uh, and I told them as far as I knew it was, and... Then we got the news that it was coming in the new 52, and it was like, finally! And then we saw the cover art, which looked cool, but, you know, uh, me personally, upon closer inspection, seeing uh, (laughs) the butcher as a half bull, half snake, kind of ruined that for me. And then the scene started coming out. And the first (laughs) issue was not that great. And then the second issue was worse. And then the third issue with uh, Blaze going to Havania, that was like, all right, all right, okay, it's finally picking up steam. And then number four went right back downhill. And it's been going downhill ever since. So it's the biggest disappointment to me in execution, and even more so because of how much we were waiting for this book. Mm. So, Yeah, I'm going to agree. You know, it just... It had so much potential and just kind of squandered it. I, I, I do think that the past two issues have been a significant improvement, um, and I'm going to keep reading it anyway. So, you know, I am hopeful, but right out the bat, you know, in the first couple of issues, Red Lanterns was not good. Some of the other things I, you know, had debated on were uh, War of the Green Lanterns, because the middle of that story just, you know dragged on um the movie in general um i thought it was it was okay you know the movie was decent but it was disappointing because it could have been so much more and uh also the earth lanterns not doing more with the multicolored rings it was just kind of like oh yeah we got the rings you know here's two pages of us doing stuff and uh oh that's it we're done Yeah. 
Corwin agrees. <laughs> about um, Red Lanterns, the series. Uh, Mark Marble says, the movie on a critical and commercial level. Um, Scott Davis says that Peter Milligan, Red Lanterns 1 through 4 is the biggest disappointment. And Lance says, the death of Mogo. Oh. Oh, and Electric Mayhem chimes in with War of the Green Lanterns. And James... <laughs> The movie, uh, specifically the ending of the movie, um, not being all that it could have been. So that's two votes for the movie, two votes for Red Lanterns. Three, no, it was like three or four votes for Red Lanterns. Oh, three. Okay, sorry. I lost count. Yeah, yeah, Red Lanterns definitely took it. Red Lanterns is the winner of being (laughs) the losers. (laughs) The greatest of all the losers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah uh, so next is best uh, portrayal of a green lantern mm-hmm. yes I where is my list here it is almost yeah there it is animated series Hal Jordan it's like they took all the crap I hate about Hal Jordan and kicked it out the window and just had fun with him like, this is a character I want to keep... I, I'm super glad he's got his own show, because I want to follow this guy. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say. Just, he wins. Let's just give it to him. <laughs> <laughs> he's got my vote. I agree. Pick the same thing. And, gentlemen, we're at a consensus, because I picked Hal Jordan from the Green Lantern animated series. Sweet. Um, <laughs> the 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 reason I like him is much the same reason I liked him in the uh, the first animated movie. You know, he's flirting with Carol as he's doing his his test piloting stuff in the in the in the simulator. Uh, but you see that it's it's like sixties flirty Daredevil <laughs> Hal Jordan, you know, back again. And uh, not for nothing, but he's also sitting there sweet talking a uh, sentient computer. <laughs> to get what he wants. So I mean, it's just it's just out and out cool. Yeah. And it's 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 uh it's like it's like the character of Hal Jordan, Pixar and the Justice League animation all had a baby and it's a better Hal Jordan. It's awesome. Uh Corwin also voted for this exact thing. <laughs> Uh, Mark Marble says Green Lantern Emerald Knights. Well, Mark is obviously wrong because the rest of us have agreed. Well, James, James <laughs> agrees with him. Oh. Um, Lance says Sinestro on Korrigar, <laughs> which is interesting. Um, I, I, you know, I don't think that's the best, but I, I, that's a, that's a correct choice. I think it's, it's got its place in there. Um, best portrayal of a Green Lantern for Scott Davis, Mark Strong playing Sinestro in the Green Lantern movie. I could see why you would pick Sinestro on Korrigar, because he, like, this is Sinestro's first outing as a Green Lantern in God knows how many years. This is something that Jeff Johns has been kind of building us up with anticipation for since he started 
writing the character. Um, we get like some cool insights to what Sinestro can actually do with the ring and some more like some more great character stuff when we get to see him actually interact with his people who were alive when he was oppressing his people. So we got the, yeah. he has he had like a lot of like we got to see some good sides to Sinestro in that story. Mm-hmm. Still not better than I made it, Hal, though. No, I gotta give it to that. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, that's the winner. That, that show starts up soon. Like, by the time this airs, it's probably either already started or is about to start. I think it's March 3rd that it comes back, and but it's going to start with part <laughs> one of that hour-long special that we already saw. Yeah, so we'll have, like, three weeks until... So by, like... April, we'll get new episodes. Uh, so, so animated Hal sweeps it. Yep. Uh, <laughs> well, not sweeps it, but... Yeah. <laughs> the Green Lantern MVP has to be a Green Lantern. Who's on first? What do you think, Jim? Who is it? I, I went with Sinestro. Okay. I think uh, since he became a Green Lantern, he's been you know, giving a lot of reasons why he was the best when he was a Green Lantern. Um... You know, between knowing the different, you know, you know, special secret usages of the ring, and you know, always having backup plans going into these different missions and whatnot, uh, he's very aware of his surroundings. And right now, his I would say his views seem to be, you know, coming into question as far as the best way to go about doing things, like he may have once thought. So yeah, I'm giving it to Sinestro right now, Green Lantern MVP. Uh, this is one of the few choices in which I was adamant that this this was, you know, the second we announced a category, I already had my pick. And my pick is Guy Gardner. Um, uh, first of all, I think it says a lot that I would pick Guy Gardner, because mm-hmm. he historically has not been my favorite character. But if you look at his portrayal in Emerald Warriors at the start of the year... And his uh, his actions and role in uh, War of the Green Lanterns, and going on into his take charge attitude in Green, the new relaunch uh, with the Green Lantern Corps. Um, I think he has really stepped up. Um, not to say that he wasn't all gung ho and and you know badass you know before, but I think um, he's been thrust into more of his own spotlight uh, this year. Whereas past years, while he would have been cool, he was paired up with John or Kyle. And, and this year has really been a time for Guy to shine in his own light, despite this not being, as we said before, the greatest year to start this whole thing on. But um, <laughs> I, th- I think Guy has stepped up and deserves the title of MVP. Yeah, I was thinking about Guy Gardner for a lot of the reasons why you said. and <clears throat> I mean, he, he seemed to be kind of front and center with everything going on. Like, he was always doing something, and it was always something important. And I realized a lot of that had to do with the fact that he spent the, almost this entire calendar year being the star of his own book. Um, but I, I felt like giving it to him would be, like for me it was a little like oh, okay i guess overall this character kind of earned it but i think someone who earned it in a far more specific sense is 
Sinestro, more specifically, Mark Strong's Sinestro from the live-action movie, <clears throat> for not only being an absolutely fantastic, spot-on portrayal of Sinestro in every conceivable way, but also for, I, I think, very clearly being just about the best thing about that movie. Like, it doesn't matter who you ask about the Green Lantern movie. <clears throat> they all say some variation of the same thing. They all say, ah, it was okay, or ah, it sucked. Sinestro was great, though. That red guy was great, though. Like, we, I wish there was more of him. Like, like the general consensus of myself and almost everyone who watched this thing is that the only thing wrong with Mark Strong's Sinestro is that there wasn't more of him. <laughs> And, like, we can talk, we can very fairly say that Ryan Reynolds held that movie together. <laughs> Mark Strong's Sinestro is what kind of captures people's imaginations in, when it comes to a sequel. Like, lots of people who didn't even like this movie would go see another one if it revolved around a more Sinestro-heavy story. Because they want to see more of this guy. Like, the collective 15 minutes he was on film people fell in love with that and it was amazingly just amazing it was amazingly amazing you can put that on a pull quote or something uh so like, i had to go with that because he's you know he, he 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 was the shining light of that entire thing <laughs> okay james went with uh comic book semester <laughs> though so sorry yeah, well, and Corwin said Guy Gardner. <laughs> um, Scott Davis says Sinestro in the comics, more specific, Green Lantern 3 and 4, trying to save the people of Korgar. Um, Mark Marble says uh, Kyle, Kyle Rayner. <clears throat> and Lance, let's see here. Lance says Sinestro. Okay. Yeah, so Sinestro. Sinestro it is. <clears throat> Looks like everything's coming up Sinestro. <laughs> Not happy about that choice, but I respect that choice. Chad's going to change all this in editing. <laughs> uh, favorite writer now. Favorite, oh, we... Wait, uh, I, favorite artist, rather. Sorry, favorite, yeah, favorite artist. Yeah. Favorite artist. Just, just for that, you have to go first. Uh, <laughs> Tyler Karkum. Yeah, I mean, a close second, Daniel HDR. I probably would have went with Daniel HDR if he did more issues, but I really enjoyed uh, Tyler Kirkham's art. When he first started, I thought it was okay, but uh, he's definitely grown on me a lot. So, um, My favorite artist was Tyler Kirkham uh, for all the reasons that Jim said. Um, when Dan first uh, stepped down from the show, that was around the time that his first uh, – coming on to the scene issues were coming out and you know uh, Jim and I were kind of ragging on him a little bit for the stuff he was messing up on and all that and it was kind of a, a stretch for us but we both I, you know from what I just said it looks like we've, we've both grown to really respect his style and and come to enjoy it and uh, it says a lot too that you know Emerald Warriors is one of our favorite books of the relaunch so or New Guardians or New Guardians yeah my bad <laughs> yeah 
speaking of Emerald Warriors, I have to go with Fernando Passarin for specifically for his run on Emerald Warriors. Because like that, I mean that's that except for a few hiccups here and there. Like that's how I want these characters to look a lot of the time. I mean like like I've never seen a better Kilowog than his Kilowog. I've never. Like I he he does cosmic stuff as well as he does planet sized side stuff. Uh, he 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 conveys motion and energy really well, and he he has this like really. Uh, it, it it's like realistic, it's detailed, and it's also like like light and fun. You know, like he's one he's one of those guys who will just randomly give you like a two page spread of as many characters as he can possibly cram in there and they all look awesome. And not only that, but like he keeps the focus on them, but he still puts the work into making an awesome background for them to be inter- interacting with. He And yeah, I, I love the fact that some of that's starting to finally like show through again in, in uh Green Lantern Core, but but like I don't know. There was it was a visual. It was a treat every month to be able to pick up Emerald Warriors and see his art inside of it. So I I couldn't give it to anyone else. Okay. Which James is a. Oh, okay. oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, James agrees with you. <clears throat> nice. Uh, he, says, <clears throat> he says Fernando Passarin, his art is very consistent and always good. I like Doug Monkey's stuff too, but he's too inconsistent for my liking. And I still don't think he's able to draw faces. Ooh. Mm. Uh, so he speak- agrees with me there. Speaking of Monkey, both Corwin and Electric and Electric Mayhem vote for him. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Scott Davis says Ed Bennis uh, from Red Lanterns. The only positive thing coming out of the series so far. Nice. Um, Mark Marble says. Um, Yvonne Hayes. Oh, jeez. Was he in there? Or was it... I guess I guess he could be on a few covers, so... All right. Yeah. I guess that counts. Uh, and, <laughs> and Lance, surprise, surprise, uh, picked Tyler Kirkham. Nice! <laughs> oh, okay. That's... The only reason it's not a surprise is because uh, I know Lance, and Lance is obsessed with Tyler, <laughs> Tyler Kirkham, so... <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's... This is good, because... Up until that, up until Lance, we had a three-way tie between Kirkham, Passarin, and Monkey. <laughs> I don't think any of us were going to change. Um, yeah, Passarin is, uh, I mean, he's an excellent second, you know, second place. Um, you know, I, I would definitely give him my, my second, you know, for consistency. But uh, Kirkham wins. Okay, nail writer. Yes, I want to go last. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, my favorite writer goes to Peter Tomasi. Uh, not for Green Lantern Corps, but for Emerald Warriors. Because, as I stated before, it is a surprise to me to be picking Green uh, Green Lantern Guy Gardner as Green Lantern MVP. So, and if if it's that much of a surprise, then I guess all the credit goes to the writer. So, hands down, Peter Tomasi. Yeah, um, Tomasi, uh, another excellent choice. I had to give it to Bedard. Um, And I I think it, 
it means even more coming from me because when he started, I just I did not I, I was not feeling it. And now I I mean I know like there's the you know there's a certain period where it takes a writer to you know have to get get the feel of the book you know before you know especially if you've been used to another writer and yeah like it just it wasn't clicking for me for a while and yet now it's like not only has he you know gotten so much better has he you know you know fit into the role so so well it's just it's such an amazing transition so that right now his book is the one that I'm enjoying the most Yeah, for me, it is, it's 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 Tony Bedard. I mean, and this was like I had to give it to him because this was like the <laughs> this blew me away. The fact that I mean, look, I've gone on record a number of times as saying like his Green Lantern core run was terrible, and I still believe that. Completely. I well, not completely. He had like a couple good issues towards like the very end there, but it was. I the weaponer. Come on, come on. And then he turns around and takes what, by all rights, should have been, by my perspective, the biggest piece of crap in the New Fifty Two, the Lantern books at least, and he makes it what's probably like one of the probably the best book that the lantern line has and the the strength of it in my opinion is his writing so i like the fact that i feel that's that's strongly positive about it especially considering how strongly negative i've been feeling about him doing almost this exact thing up until now (laughs) nobody else deserves it more in my opinion tony uh tony bedard Unfortunately, James disagrees with you. Well, James goes, is wrong. That's why we sent goes, him to Australia. <laughs> he says, uh, Peter J. Tomasi. <clears throat> Obviously, Jeff Johns is pretty awesome, too. But I think Tomasi has been writing more quality stuff throughout the year, while Johns, I think, has only returned to higher quality since the relaunch, in my opinion. Hmm. Corwin also says Tomasi. Uh, let's see... <clears throat> Uh, Lance says Jeff Johns, and so does Mark Marble, although uh, Scott <clears throat> says Peter Tomasi. Okay. All right, so I guess Tomasi wins. Tomasi wins. <laughs> Good. I am surprised there was not more Johns love. I'm not. No, me neither. Uh, Listen, I love Jeff, Jeff Johns. But I think this year, I think he may be suffering from being stretched too thin to, like, fully focus on Green Lantern. I mean, after the relaunch, you know, I I think he's he's doing a a pretty good job. Like, I'm definitely enjoying the book a lot more now, and I guess a lot more than you are, Dan. Yeah. But, But... I mean, you know, even still, it's like, you know, I'm I'm reading it, and it's almost like, yeah, events are happening. But then over in, you know, New Guardians, it's like, I'm excited for that. And and even, you know, Green Lantern Corps, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm eager to find the next issue, 
you know, to find out what happens in the storyline. So. Yeah, and, and if you compare his work in Green Lantern right now with his work in Aquaman and Justice League, which he's writing at the same time, you know, it's... I, it, it, I've been reading those two books and enjoying them so thoroughly in a way that I'm not enjoying Green Lantern right now. I mean, it's it's good, it's not great, whereas I think those two are great. So, I don't know. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to like his next story arc because we'll get like some payoff on this Indigo stuff. But yeah, yeah, he's all. I guess he's only had an okay year. Once again, the war dragged him down. <laughs> so, I mean, he with this next story arc, he could well be in the running next year. But this year, I mean, even even if the fifty two didn't happen, um, you had Flashpoint and you had. Uh, War of the Green Lands, you, in 52, the new 52 was coming up, so you had the transition period between there, and it just, it just, it just wasn't his, like, opportunity-wise, it really wasn't his time to shine with Green Lantern. So. Yeah, it's kind of a shame, considering how he's, he's finally getting to play with Sinestro in, like, a lead character role. He finally got to put that green ring back on Sinestro's finger, and it's not wowing people like it probably should. Mm. <clears throat> All right, so favorite lantern merchandise. I think this is uh, this is pretty much going to be nearly unanimous. I hope. Well, uh, not from what I'm seeing, buddy. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Well, I went with the Toys R Us keychain ring for the movie because. It's delivered. It's delivered something that DC themselves have never, ever done for God knows what reason. And as they gave a really good-looking, sturdy Green Lantern prop ring that's intended to be worn will stand up to a good, like a reasonable amount of punishment, and is large enough for a child to wear, a teenager to wear, an adult could wear it. Which is an insanely novel concept that that never seemed to have crossed DC's mind before. Because, you know, when when you have a character in a franchise centered around a prop that's small and easy to replicate in real life, why would you ever consider making an affordable one that's actually intended to be worn around by people? No, 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 nobody wants that. And then we got it. The movie, if nothing else, gave us the piece of merchandise we've wanted for our entire lives. So, keychain ring for me. And it's affordable. Yeah, yeah and I think that's, that's the key right there, the affordability. You have, when you compare this ring, and uh, Jeff on the forums did, <laughs> he compared this ring to like the multitude of other rings that were available for sale. And you had, like, the one from DC Direct, you had one from the Noble Collection, and the the one from DC Direct, he said, like, chipped almost immediately. <laughs> it was, like, very low quality, not intended to be worn. The, uh, what's a Noble Collection ring, you know, that one is, you know, it carries a pretty hefty, you know, cost. It's a, a great ring, but I mean, for the cost, you, you can't beat uh, like a ten dollar, you know, the keychain ring. It's 
super movie accurate. Like the construction of it is brilliant. They they even gave that ring away with maskless Hal. Like if you were gonna buy a figure from the movie line, maskless Hal was like the hands down favorite because one, it didn't give you a piece of the Chrono build a figure. <laughs> Uh, the, the parallax figure, but uh, it did give you a the, one of the replica rings and also bizzed. Yeah. So that uh, yeah that that particular ring, the Toys R Us exclusive, or you can get it with that figure, maskless Hal. Definitely, you know, my pick for favorite lantern merchandise this year. <laughs> what about you, Chad? Favorite <coughs> lantern merchandise. I just went with. You know, out of all the merchandise, period, like, I have unlimited money, resources. If I'm going to buy one Green Lantern thing this year, what is it going to be? Uh, that was my approach to it. And and uh, my favorite Lantern merchandise was the DC Direct Green Lantern movie, Hal Jordan Emerald Energy Statue. Um, this was the, the statue. It's about, I want to say, seven, eight inches tall, something like that, somewhere in that range. It's of... Hal Jordan, Green Lantern, you know, kind of flying up in the air and throwing a punch, and there's emerald energy swirling from beneath him and around his his arm as it like kind of swirls out into a giant fist. Yeah, and it just it looks really, really cool. And 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 part of the reason um, I love it so much is because I know the bottom, uh, if not clear, can be like peeled off. And you made clear, so you could put a light underneath that thing and just watch the whole thing light up as the energy swirls around him. I just think that that is just... If I had unlimited resources and I could, was only allowed to buy one Green Lantern merchandise item besides the comics, hands down, that's what I'm buying. So Yeah. Part of me wanted to do that epic Hal versus Parallax statue. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I had to go with the movie ring. It just meant more to me. Yeah, James uh, agrees. He went with the ring as well. Yeah. Uh, Corwin said the Emerald Knights DVD, which is a very good choice. Um, Mark Marble says the DC Direct movie power battery replica. Lance says... Something I haven't seen. Uh, Kyle <laughs> Plushy on ETSY, the happy one. Oh yes! <laughs> oh man! From the, uh, the the Christmas uh, the Christmas buying guide gift guide. Uh, I wasn't there for that episode. I don't think I've listened to it yet. Chad, have, have you you've seen South Park, right? Uh, yes. Imagine if Kyle was a kid on South Park and he was really really fucking happy. <laughs> okay. Now imagine that as a stuffed animal. All right, like in his old '90s costume or what? Current, I think. Current costume yeah. with the with all green with the little black uh, circle Green Lantern on the on a chest, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now picture uh, it on a website. Yeah, now picture <laughs> it on a website. Um, Scott Davis says, "My Green Lantern beer cozy. I got it in 2011, <laughs> and it kept my Canadian beer cold all year." <laughs> Okay. Isn't it cold in Canada all the time? <laughs> Where's Canada? It's it's like <laughs> to the left of us or something. It's somewhere. <laughs> Where's Canada? What the hell? Uh, anyway. Alright. I think this is the last category, right? 
Well, the so we're saying the Green Lantern movie ring won it. Oh right? yeah, 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 that one. Yeah. All all this stuff was awesome. All these were great choices, but clearly this one, this next one's pretty unanimous as far as I can see. <laughs> yeah, breakout character. This is this is out of everybody. Mm-hmm. As long as they're from, yeah, what out of everybody? Please. I say please, Jim. Really? Who did you pick? You know, honestly, I did not pick anybody. Really? Yeah, I would say that there was there was no strong breakout character in 2011. Yeah, interesting. Uh, what you call it? Because uh, I know as James picks uh, Glomulus. <laughs> Glomulus. Um, I mean, I think that's a great pick except i think the majority of like his like really good you know stuff is happening in 2012 Mm. um you know like it's the issues from 2012 that are really cool with glomulus he's got the figure coming out with uh in the uh, action league yes christian has that already i think really yeah he put a picture on a on a thread in our forum um yeah so i mean like uh I think 2012 is definitely going to be Glomulus's year. Um, as far as 2011, I mean, I didn't like Bleez. I mean, like, I, I see that they're propping her up, but they haven't really made her likable to me. Hmm. And I, I thought about the, uh, the, the <clears throat> villain, uh, Cardor. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, he kind of went out with a whimper. Yeah, he just faded away. Yeah. I so. For me, Bleez... Like, you want a character that went from basically zero to super important, it was her. Because, like, up until up until now, she was just another background Red Lantern character. The only thing that distinguished her is the fact that people knew her name and could pick her out from a lineup visually. And then all of a sudden, you know, she gets a little bit of spotlight in the the Emerald Warriors with Guy and Kilowog for a little while. And then, like, you get to the relaunch, and, you know, she's a main character in two of the Lantern books. And you cannot sit there and tell me that she is not basically the one and only thing that makes Red Lanterns worth reading since she was introduced into it as an actual functioning person. And not just, like, a some stupid animal. Like, like as far as I'm like, Blee's being treated like a character was the turning point that started to make Red Lanterns a readable book. Mm-hmm. And she continues to be, like, the, the, the thing. Whether you're talking about how she's written, the dialogue they're giving her, the things they're giving her to do, or just making her eye candy, if that's what you're looking for. She is what keeps that book afloat. And she... St- she they... It's a trend that started with her that I think they're continuing with other characters as they add them. But with Blee's... I mean, I, I'm excited to see what they do with Blee's in New Guardians now that they've kind of... They've had that book catch up to Red Lanterns in terms of her status quo. So, yeah, she's a character that they've positioned to be important and she's already started to be important in, like, the tail end of this year to the point that, yeah, she, she's... She's solely responsible for making an entire series readable, so I think she more than deserves it. Yep, uh, and it's it's easy for me to say that if 
we weren't reviewing this book and I didn't have to buy it, I'd <laughs> buy it only just to see where they're taking Belize. Yeah, that's fair. I've, th- I've had that thought before, too. What did some of the other people say? Uh, Corwin said Belize. Um, Mark Marble says Atrocitus, which technically it's Belize. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, uh, so that is Belize. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Did he elaborate at all? Or is it is it Atrocitus from the Red Lantern series or for some pre-relaunch stuff? Or uh, Well, the way he had it written down, the category is breakout character, any character from the Lantern books, and all it says is Atrocitus. Huh. So. Um, so he says Atrocitus, but um, Mr. Scott Davis says Belize. She's been kicking ass in Red Lanterns 1 through 4. Too bad the story hasn't been good enough for her so so far. And Lance says Glomulus. Jesus Christ. <laughs> People really want Glomulus to win stuff. Like he, Glomulus has been nominated in, like... Like, more than half of these categories. <laughs> yeah, it was breakout character. It was um, biggest hell yeah moment. Favorite user was... thing. Uh-huh. Um, Favorite there artist. Was most surprising <laughs> reveal or twist. So. Favorite artist, Glomulus, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man. Green Lantern MVP, somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Okay, so... Please winners, please. It. Yay, please. I, I really wanted to give it to Kyle Rayner because, like, I felt like with New Guardians, he was finally getting getting some good solo spotlight for the first time in years. But and I, then, I, then I thought about Bleeze. I'm like, oh, no, no, clearly this is her. <laughs> clearly. <laughs> clearly. Okay. So that's it. Best of 2011. It's interesting how how much or how almost unanimous some of these categories were. And just to recap, uh, what are the choices again? Yeah, what are all the winners? All the winners. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Best story arc: uh, New Guardians. Best single issue: Green Lantern Corps 61. Best Villain, Krona. Favorite Use of a Power Ring, uh, Killing Krona. Most Surprising Reveal or Twist, The Orange Ring in New Guardians. Uh, Best Splash Page or Multi-Page Spread, The Guardians as Entities in Green Lantern Core War. (laughs) Best Cover goes to Green Lantern 63. Uh, Biggest Hell Yeah Moment goes to Killing Krona. The biggest disappointment goes to Red Lanterns, the best of the worst. And uh, poor, best portrayal of a Green Lantern, Cartoon Hal from the new Green Lantern animated cartoon. Uh, Green Lantern MVP is Sinestro. The favorite artist is Tyler Kirkham. Favorite writer, Peter J. Tomasi. The favorite Lantern merchandise is the uh, Toys R Us Green Lantern keychain movie ring. And the breakout character among all the Lantern books is Blease. Nice. Okay. We'll post that in the uh, forum thread as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, when you read it off like that, it certainly sounds like 
it was a better year than when we were than before we started. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, we focused on all positive except for one negative. Yeah. Uh, um. Okay. So uh, shall we close this one out? Yeah. So, if you want to contact us, you can do so at lanterncast.gmail.com, or we all have individual email addresses, Jim, Dan, Chad, Jason, James, at lanterncast.com. The website is lanterncast.com. There you can find links to our forum, Facebook page, Twitter, gallery, you name it. Uh, We also have uh, a... We're on iTunes. You can subscribe to us, leave us voicemails at... Whatever our voicemail number is. 7088-Lantern. Yeah, I always forget the first three numbers. 708-Lantern. They're the only three numbers. I know. (laughs) Uh, And, uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Happy 2011, everybody. Yeah. (laughs) Happy 2012. No, we were just talking about 2011. I know, so now we wish them a happy 2012, because that's what we're in already. You can't wish them a happy 2011 if it's over. You never wish someone a happy birthday after their birthday, because you you didn't... Well, you say happy happy belated birthday. Only douchebags say that. Happy belated 2011. There you go, douchebag. That does sound (laughs) douchebaggy. Chad. God, Chad, why you gotta ruin everything? Ruiner. Uh, If I don't pick on him when he's sick, then what else could I do? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, everybody start thinking about 2012 awards. Yeah. (laughs) I think we're all pulling for for, uh, Glomulus. Oh, he he has the most to lose at this point, clearly. (laughs) Uh, He started out so high. Should we have a category next year of, like, not biggest surprise? (laughs) Like... (laughs) You know, if Red Lanterns get canceled. The oh. biggest the biggest we saw it coming. <laughs> the well duh category. <laughs> uh, Okie doke. Well, good night everybody. Good night.